Bear Down Bears fans. This is still a victory week. I'll take it. We got Jason McKee in the building on a Monday reacting to what we saw from Justin Fields in this offense versus that Washington Commanders team. And now heading into another week where we got to prep for the Minnesota Vikings. Got to look at some of the running back room issues. I mean, listen, there's some trouble going on there. We might need to... uh, replace some guys due to injury. We'll see. You never know, right? A long week by week. Hopefully we'll get some guys back. Are we a little too excited after one win though? I mean, it's been a year. We've got to win. Going to look into that. And then finally, got, got, got some feedback on that. Got a little echo. Uh, and then finally, uh, finishing things off with uh, how huge an opportunity this is all that more in the Chicago bears podcast. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. J Mac. How are you feeling on a Bears victory week, dog? We haven't had one of these in 347 days. Yeah, man, I feel good. You know, I checked off a lot of boxes this week, and the Bears won. Uh, You know, we picked up our sixth win. Uh, I saw that. I saw that. Love that. Everything. It was a great weekend for football for me. Um, Had an opportunity to see firsthand the Bears get their first win in a long time out there in D.C., and uh, then came home and had to play our game and, and got our W. So, yeah, it, it's good. It was exci- I was excited to see the emotion and the excitement of the guys in the locker room, you know, post-game. Um, so, you know, it's a long time coming. They played well. And when you play well, you do the right things. You stick to the process. And, you know, they kept battling adversity as a team. They stuck yeah. together. And they got, a you know, a hard-fought W up there in front of a national audience, uh, you know, on top of that. Uh, to go up there at D.C. and get that W. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought that it was a, a, a really good win by the Bears. And, and, you know, I mean, realistically, still some question marks from the defense. But offensively, you look at it, it, it seemed to be clicking on all cylinders whenever they wanted to go down the field. They were able to, and I thought the offensive line really stood out the most to me and all of that. But here's where I want to start it off with, kind of talking about the passing performances we've seen from Justin Fields over the last couple of games. I mean, Is he proving the doubters wrong? We came into, I mean, even going into that Kansas City game, going into the Denver game, all we kept hearing was just let him run, let him use his legs and let him run all over the place. We know what he can do. And Justin Fields said, no, give me a scheme that fits what I want to do and I'll be able to pass the football. Looks like the offensive line getting healthy and coming together a little bit more, right? Nate Davis getting in there helping that effort. But over the past three weeks, we have seen Justin Fields absolute or two weeks. I should say we've seen Justin Fields absolutely become more of a passer. 335 yards, four touchdowns, one pick 132 QBR rating. Uh, And then last week, right? 282 yards, four touchdowns, 125 QBR rating is Justin Fields proving the doubters wrong. He's already over 1100 yards on the season that he is a passing quarterback. Yeah, he, he's starting to, and development and growth is the main things that we talked about this offseason. They're starting to see that. You know, with limited amount of uh, opportunities during preseason, first couple of weeks, obviously, he was rusting. We saw what happened. Um, you know, offensively, we were pretty bad the first few weeks, but now we seem to be, you know, coming of age, you know, starting to grow into the scheme. Guys are getting more comfortable. And the main thing is, you know, talking with Justin after every game, It's the fact that, you know, he told me he has his imprint on the game plan. So I'm glad to see that, you know, Getsy is actually taking the advice and taking, you know, things that that Justin feels comfortable with and implementing it into the game plan. And I think that's why the success has been coming. That's why you see 
you know, him continue to evolve the last few weeks. And, you know, say what you want. Bad defenses or not, we know the Broncos, lower-end defense. D.C. was a lower-end defense. But he's still going up there and putting out phenomenal numbers. I mean, eight touchdowns the last two weeks. I mean, that, that's huge. And, you know, he just he just feels comfortable and he feels confident. And those were the main things that I took away from interviewing him after last week's game was, you know, him being comfortable and confident in the game plan because now it's being tailor-made to a skill set. And, you know, his thing is he just wants to get the ball into the hands of his playmakers. And we've seen that the first couple of weeks. We didn't see him, you know, putting the ball up in the air, giving his receivers an opportunity to make that 50-50 catch. We've seen that the last two weeks. Obviously, we know what D.J. Moore has done. You know, Darnell Mooney, I would like to see him become more involved in his passing game. But yeah. when, when you look at the last game, you know, they had a few misconnections. You know what I'm saying? But it's good that he's trying to get Darnell involved. You see Cole involved. And those things, those are things you're going to need. Obviously, we know Chase isn't here, but you're going to need another guy to step up besides DJ. I mean, DJ is not going to be a guy who's going to give you 200 yards a game. I hope he does. But you're still, <laughs> gonna, you're still going to need another guy to step up consistently, uh, you know, to, to, to be that other guy or to be yeah. those other guys uh, besides DJ. So the growth is good. Are we finished? Is it is it a true evaluation to say, hey, Justin is the franchise quarterback. The Bears are going to stick with him next year. I think, obviously, there's a lot more football to be played, and we want to see continued growth. Do I want to see Justin go out there and throw four touchdowns a game? Hell yeah, I do. Yeah. Bears fans do, too. But at the end of the day, we want to see growth. We want to see this office continue to build. Uh, we want to see consistency, and consistency is key with any, uh, you know, in terms of developing a franchise quarterback. Yeah, and I think the one part that I, I'm looking at with this offense is how quickly he's getting the ball out with this change of system. I know we talked about it on the post-post game show, right, where when he made his comments, it was Wednesday. You're not changing the game plan on Wednesday. You might tweak some things here and there, but your game plan for the most part is set. We not We then saw versus Denver something that looked like a completely different game plan. Last week versus Washington with a better front four. I don't care what anybody says. Yes, yeah. their DBs are not good. That front four is a group of dogs. They get to the quarterback. So for me, right, seeing how the offensive line got in there, but still, right, not giving the offensive line a ton of opportunities to break down, I think that that's something that you have to look at Justin Fields with as well because he's getting that ball out instead of four or five seconds Two, 2.5, 2.7. I think we saw a couple of times we got the ball out with three seconds or more. And there was some times where there was just great protection for him and he could stand back there. But getting that ball out quick is something that no matter what, no matter who you're playing, that means you're being decisive. You're making quick decisions and that makes it harder for the defense to be able to close in and get you to the ground. Now, he still ends up taking a couple of sacks that day, but for the most part, I think what we've seen these last two weeks is more replicatable versus the Vikings, the Raiders, the Chargers, realistically, because they have an elite front as well. Now, their DB room much better. But, you know, like, I think that when you start to look at what Justin has done these last couple of games and say, can they continue to do that? The changes that we've seen being put in place along with the Bears O-line getting healthy seems to be a recipe for success. Yeah, I think that's their offense. And, you know, what we've seen the last few weeks, I think that's what – can't see envision his offense to be, right? So what is our offense? Passing game, right? Get the ball out quick, high percentage completions, yeah. sprints, boots. We talked about all those things, play actions, all that stuff set up off of having a solid run game. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. don't have Justin sit in the pocket too long. So, yeah, you're going to have a lot of drop back. You're going to have some drop back passes in which you're going to, you know, take shots downfield. 
to generate those explosive plays. But at the end of the day, you want to get the ball out quick, get Justin on the move, misdirection. Uh, we see a lot of different personnel groups, groupings, motions, and, and shifts. Yeah. Uh, things that you can use to your advantage to gain matchups, uh, to gain numbers, a numbers advantage in a running game. Uh, so those are things we're going to see. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, going back to the offensive line, you talked about, you know, their performance against the Redskins. They played really well. In particular, you know, I talked about it during the call. Uh, Larry Borm was really did really well. He did yeah. really well. And that was encouraging to see a guy who, you know, hadn't had a lot of opportunities, um, you know, who who has struggled in the past, but then you go up against a stout front like D.C., really held his own. And not just him, the entire offensive line. Look at Tevin Jenkins. I mean, Tevin, Jenkin come, Tevin Jenkins comes in, Bro. hasn't had a lot of opportunities of practicing pads. Last week they were, had walkthroughs all week, and he goes in there and he, and, he, and he plays really well, which was shocking to me. So when you have that, when you when you when guys are playing like that as individuals, it makes the whole team play better. And that offensive line will continue to gel. They will they will continue to build continuity. And that's and that's that speaks volumes for Justin because now if he has a if he has a confidence in terms of his line being able to protect him, we'll see that pass game continue to accept because now he has time. He has time to go through his progressions, but also guess he's calling the right route concepts uh, in, in terms of where Justin will be, you know, more comfortable. And we'll see higher completions, you know, um, come due to that. Speak to the fans about that part, right? Because that that's a part where I think a lot of people are just kind of glossing over. And and I I want to give as much credit to Justin as possible. He's played really, really well, but focusing yeah. in on Tevin Jenkins, yeah. he hasn't snapped been a part of a snap since joint practice. This week, I mean, last week we heard about him being on the bike. This week was all walkthroughs. How hard is it to prepare your body? to take those hits when you've had an elongated moment of, I, I haven't been on the field. I haven't taken real football shots. You know what I mean? Yeah, just think about it. So Tevin Jenkins, right? The last time he probably was in full pads was during joint practices. Yeah. <laughs> Colts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was the last time he was in full pads. And he didn't he had, even play that game. Right. But even in practice, I'm saying he had, what, pretty much a live it was a live scrimmage you know what yeah. I mean? so for him to be able to right to 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 rehab come back from injury but then go out there and put on pads for the first time in a long time and excel the way he did that just speaks volumes to to tevin because you know obviously he was mentally prepared because he has to know the scheme he's still responsible for all the material that they're putting in yeah. in terms of the game plan but then it's another thing to go out there and do it physically when you haven't had that type of physical physicality in practice. So, I mean, I, I, I was real encouraged by that. And, and I'm excited to see him back because now, you know, you're starting to see what you envisioned offense, your offensive line to be minus Braxton Jones, who hopefully will get back soon. But now, you know, you can go back and have Cody at center. Yeah. You know, you've got Nate Davis at right guard. Darnell Wright has been a constant all year. He's been playing some great football. Uh, you know, so I mean, it's it's Darnell coming. Was serving, Darnell was serving breakfast out there with them pancakes. Oh, was, was, oh my god! Awesome. So <laughs> now you're now you're seeing what you envisioned your offensive line to be uh, yeah. prior prior to the season starting. Yeah, it, it 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 looks amazing. Bears fans have, I mean, listen, we're all scarred, right? Like it feels too good to be true because we saw two weeks in a row of what looks like an elite offense. It looked like a modern NFL offense. It, and 
it actually looked like the Bears were attacking where both teams were weakest in throughout most of the game, right? Of course, that Denver game, the fourth quarter comes up to be an issue. I think in this game even, right, they, they had to adjust a little bit in that third quarter with the offensive line. Justin came out, I believe he started off one for six in the third, but then kind of starts to get it together going into the fourth quarter and gets that big touchdown to DJ Moore to kind of seal the deal. I'm seeing a team adjust. I'm seeing a team that's that's adapting to the issues that are on the field, but guys are coming in that already, like you said, Tevin knew the scheme. Tevin, I, I, I have to believe that he was on a snap count. And then you see Lucas Patrick go out with a concussion. And it's like, yeah. well, there's nobody else. Get back in there. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah, comes in and he's able to do it. Yeah, I think he was on a snap count at first because it was, you know, he was in on, you know, he wasn't in early, and then yeah. they, started, you know, uh, Coach Morgan started putting him in. And then he was out of series. And then when Patrick went, I was like, "Boom, you're in. We're giving you, we give me, we're giving you every play. We're giving you all you <laughs> want." So you know, it's 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 encouraging to see that. Uh, I'm just glad that you know we were able to, to to learn from our mistakes right from the previous week in terms of finishing the game. And I talked to Coach Flues. You're coming out of the half, and I said, "Coach, what was the message to your team?" You know, coming out of the half. And he dang there took my microphone, Pat, and he said, we've got to finish the game. You know, we learned, we learned from our mistakes in the past. And it wasn't the past. It was last week. <laughs> right. like, we learned from our mistakes. And I told the guys we're going to continue to be aggressive. Yeah. And you know, we're going to go out here and we've got to, you know, take this game with conviction. And it was encouraging to hear that message because I felt like, you know, against the Broncos, when we had that success in the first half, it felt like, to me, it felt like being on the sideline and watching the guys – reactions and emotions it felt like they felt like they won the game at the half yeah so, and they learned from that it's a painful lesson to learn but sometimes you got to have those hard lessons in order to have progress and I think that's what we saw uh this game you know guys were you know they were pissed off at letting one slip away they had to hear about it all week and they they couldn't wait to get back on the field on a short week and, and, and right those wrongs yeah it it, it was there were so many moments in that game that were evident to me, especially in the second half, where I was like, okay, they did kind of learn something from getting from giving up that game last week, right? Like, I think even, um, first off, some elite throws from Justin Fields definitely help, right? The, the throw to DJ Moore, I'm sure most people have seen the clip now on, on Instagram and Twitter where I was losing my mind at the throw. I thought it was a bad throw. You see the front side replay, and it's like, oh, he put it in the one spot where... Kendall Fuller couldn't reach it and yeah. DJ Moore was able to get it and take it to the house because Kendall ends up gambling on that play. Um, but realistically, you saw just moments of Justin Fields going, nope, I'm not going to put my team in a position where this is a negative play. I'm not going to take a sack here. I'm going to just get rid of the football. I think yeah. even when they got down, you know, towards the red zone, um, there was a, you hey. Hand the football off. Let's play it smart. We're not going to even coach Floos, right? Just saying, hey, no, we're being aggressive. Never mind. Take the points. We need these yeah. points. Take the points, right? Learning from their mistakes quickly. I do commend them for that because it seemed like through the first three weeks of the season, there was nothing learned. We were just playing the repeat game and going the wrong direction through two weeks now. We've seen them learn a little bit. And yes, it is one and one. Your team is still one and four. And you got an uphill battle here, but it does say something to me when I when I look at the coaching staff, when I look at the players, and I'm like, okay, they kind of figured this out from last season. And when Justin was a rookie, I felt like he did that all the time. Year two kind of didn't feel the same way, but the team wasn't the same. 
Yeah, I mean, growth is everything. Development is everything. You know, we hear it all the time. Coach Lou's talking about details. And as a coach, that's the one thing that you hang your hat on, right? Yep. It's fundamentals and details. Th those are two things that will never change. Those are two things that you always try to overemphasize and you're trying to perfect. So you're trying to perfect the details of in, in everything you do, right? Lifting, meetings, practice, the details yep. and everything, right? You're trying to win the day on a daily basis through your, uh, you know, your daily routine. And fundamentals. Fundamentals is all about, you know, you being able to 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 master the fundamentals so that way you can execute your job. So you can do your job. So the offensive line, they're mastering the fundamentals and yeah. run blocking, pass blocking. Justin Fields mastering the fundamentals and his drop, his steps, going through his progressions. Defensive lines mastering the fundamentals and pass rush, you know, stopping the run, hand plays, yeah. all that stuff that comes along with football. So those are two things that you will always harp on. You'll always try to perfect as a coach and as a team. And if you do those two things good, right, it gives you a chance to win. doesn't mean you're going to win. It gives you a chance to win or to be in a game. It's hard to win a game in NFL level, as we've seen. We just won one and I don't have yeah. any game. But it's hard, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to do that. So, but, but at the end of the day, when you're facing adversity and when you're going through a hardship like this team has gone through for so long, and I give credit to this coaching staff because – you know, they've been talked about. They've been drugged through the mud players as well. Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, like I said before, when we had our pot, the only people, the only thing that matters is the people in that locker room, right? The only guys that can change things is the people on that field. And that's what these guys have done. They've stuck together, and they came out, and they won a game in which everybody was picking the Redskins, and they did it on national TV. So I'm glad that people had an opportunity to see, hey, you know what? This Bears team, they do have some pieces. Are they there yet? No. Do they have a lot of things to work on? Yes. But they are capable of, of, of being, you know, of being a solid team yeah. when things are looking for them. Because look at it like this. We should have won the last two, right? We let yeah. one slip away. But like I said before, that's a lesson you learn. You go back to the drawing board. You write those wrongs. You beat a team on national TV. Yeah, it, it's – I think we're seeing the beginnings of – Hey, if you protect this guy, which should be the case, like we should understand this for all quarterbacks at this point. If you protect this guy, he's going to be able to play better. Yeah. Justin Fields, the last two weeks has had elite protection, I believe, and uh, he's played much better and he's been aggressive in getting the ball to DJ Moore. That is the one thing that I do love as well. Uh, we, yeah. It's not all sunshine and roses, though, right? Let's jump into the second quarter here. By the way, we do want you guys to know that this podcast is brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino in northern Indiana, man. Make sure you guys get out there and check out the latest shows that they have going on out at the Hard Rock Casino. Uh, it's not all sunshine. Like I said, Bears had to sign Darrington Evans, uh, a former Chicago Bear. He's been a part of this team before. Uh, but the Bears running back room in a little bit of trouble. Roshan Johnson yep. dealing with the concussion, Travis Homer, of course, the hamstring injury, and then Khalil Herbert has been reported to possibly miss multiple weeks with that ankle injury. We saw that he tried to give it a go, just wasn't able mm -hmm. to give it a go out there on the field. J-Mac, when you, when you can't establish the run, this team struggled. The last two weeks, the run has been dominant. How do you continue to establish the run now going possibly back to Deontay Foreman, uh, and uh, I, I guess you are riding here with Darrington Evans at that running back position. How do you create that run? 
Yeah, I mean, looking at last week, we saw my guy uh, Kyrie Blasting game had to get in, yeah, into the running yeah. game. Every time I back, do anything, I think of you now. I swear I do. <laughs> yeah, man, he's a, I, I love Kyrie. He's a, he's, a, he's a great guy. He does a lot for the team. But you look at it like you mentioned, Travis Homer uh, got hurt on the first uh, punt return. Yeah, uh, Khalil got hurt. Khalil tried to give it a go. I give him credit for that. He tried to go back in. He just couldn't plan off that off that ankle. Yeah, um, Rashawn went out with a concussion. Actually, he had an opportunity to speak with Roshan after the game. He seemed like he was fine. So hoping he may be available for this game, I don't know. Obviously, that's going to be something that's going to be monitored this week. Uh, but when you got a guy like Deontay Foreman, right, you brought him in here uh, to compete for that starting job. Obviously, he's been inactive all year behind Khalil and Roshan. Deontay Foreman is a back who has proven himself when he has an opportunity. He can do a lot of things. Last year, the same thing in Carolina, right? He didn't start off as a starter, but when things went awry, like we're seeing here in Chicago, he came in, it ran for over uh, 900 yards. So I've got all the confidence in the world in Deontay. Uh, I think Deontay is is a really good back. Um, You know, he's more of an inside runner, move the chains. I think he's a guy that you you can hand the ball off, you know, 50 times. That's because if he's having success running the ball, it's going to set up everything else in terms of what gets he wants to do, like I talked about before in the boot game, in the Palacio game. He's going to open up a lot of things for Justin. And Darrington Evans is a guy who I think he played six games last year here in Chicago, yeah. knows the system. Um, and, and matter of fact, that preseason game when he played the Bills, he had a really good showing against the Bears as well, a guy that can, you know, that can help this running game as well. So I, I, I'm not really worried about it. Um, you know, Khalil is, is a guy, you know, you want to have him because he's a guy that can generate explosive plays. But – I know Deontay Foreman's excited about getting an opportunity. You know, I've been observing him on the sideline, and, you know, you can tell, is he happy about being active? No. And if you're a football player, you shouldn't be happy about being inactive because you want to be out there and play, uh, you know. But at the end of the day, now he's getting an opportunity. Uh, hopefully, Rashawn would, would be back. I'd like to see Rashawn get some more touches. Yeah. Uh, so I think Darrington's a guy that, you know, he can still help. He's going to help you on special teams so he can fill the void that Travis Homer left on special teams. But he's also going to help you in terms of this offense in the run game. So I'm not real worried about that. You know, hopefully Khalil's back, you know, sooner than later. Uh, I still want to see my guy get a couple bones, Kyrie Blasting game. But I think with that collection of guys, Evans, uh, Rashawn, if he comes back in Foreman, I think we'll be fine in the run game. It, it's – is there something more that the Bears can do as far as activating these guys, right? Because I think that – Everybody saw instant concern the second it was like, hey, we might really be having to hand this thing off the Valis if Kari goes down. You know what I mean? Like, is, is there yeah. something more that maybe a change to the roster that you would have wanted to see so that Foreman is active? Because to me, the biggest confusion here is why'd you sign Deontay Foreman to make yeah. him inactive through five weeks? I've been trying to figure that out. The entire, I get it, right? Maybe he's the third back and Roshan is number one yeah. and and you don't want Roshan, but like I, I don't understand why you've got him here basically just to have him, I guess for this moment, right? But like, yeah. we haven't seen him active through five weeks. There's now that disconnect almost that you've kind of talked about where he hasn't been, you know, thrilled with his inactivity throughout this time. Well, here's the thing, right? So for the most part, you're going to activate four backs, okay? So you got Kyrie. Yeah. You had Khalil, you had Rashawn, you had Travis Homer. Now, the things that Travis Homer and Rashawn have over Deontay is those guys play special teams. Yeah. You know, Deontay Foreman doesn't play special teams. So that's why you see those two guys activated over Deontay. 
because Deontay is not really a special teams guy. He's just, you know, a running back. Yeah, back. He's, yeah. he's not going to excel on special teams like Travis Homer and Roshan. You know, Rashawn was a backup in college uh, behind Bijan Robinson, but Rashawn played a lot of special teams. He was covering kicks. You know, he was a four, he was, I think he was a four phase special teams guy yeah. up there at Texas. So that's why those guys have gotten, you know, they've been active over Deontay. Um, so, you know, I think that's kind of the, the the dilemma that the Bears were in. I think they would want to activate Deont- uh, Deontay Foreman, but when you have two special teams guys, right? You've got to have those guys because they give you versatility. Yeah. Is is there is this the question now where we're in season and you get now? Listen, it worked out right because the run game stayed solid. We're in the second half. We were already up big. Kari Blasing game basically came in and was like, "Oh, I used to do this." You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he looked like he had some moves, but. Is this the time where you start to look at a guy like Bayless Jones or maybe one of those other special teamers where you go, okay, yes, you're on kickoff, but at the same time, we got you out there, but like you're not, what what are we really utilizing you for? In the offense, you've got one play here versus a guy that I can put in. I mean, maybe he's not a special teamer, but but I think there's more use I can get out of Deontay Foreman than what we're getting out of Bayless Jones right now. Or whoever, whoever it is, right? I mean, look at Bayless, right? You're not you're not really using him on offense. He's not even involved in kickoff return because every kick's a touchback. So exactly. he's, he's up a spot. So, you know, last week's a case to where you don't expect all your backs to go down. Yeah. So that's why, you know, you add a receiver in Bayless because now you got protection in terms of, in terms of uh from a wide receiver standpoint. But then you have your back set because you got, like I mentioned, Rashawn, you got yeah. Homer that can play special teams as well. So now you're forced in a position where, hey, you know what? Deontay is going to be active. Um, yeah. Darrington Evans should be active because D- Darrington can play special team yeah. and he give you depth at running back. Hopefully Rashawn comes back over concussion protocol. But, you know, I, I would be interested to see, you know, what gets he draws up to get Bayless involved more. Uh, because we talked about it, right? Bayless, when he has the ball, he has the ability to generate explosive plays. He yeah. did it in college. We've seen glimpses of that here in Chicago. Have we seen a consistency? No, not at all. But he does have the ability to generate explosive plays, and, and we talked about it before, right? Despite how great DJ Moore is as a receiver and how great he's been ever since he set foot here in Chicago, somebody else has to step up. Yeah, you know, it's got to be somebody else. Cole Komet has stepped up, but we need another receiver to step up. You know, the connection with with Fields and Darnell Mooney—they've been missing a little bit here. Let's hopefully, hopefully, they get back on track. Um, but I would like to see you know Bayless be involved. Uh, you know, in, in, somehow in the passing game. And, and another thing, too, right, with the departure of Chase Claypool, you know, Tyler Scott, I would like to see him get involved yeah. in the passing game as well. We haven't really seen Tyler Scott. I and mean, we haven't really seen Tyler Scott involved in the passing game or really make a big play in the passing game since preseason. You yeah. know what I mean? So I would like to see, you know, how Getsy can try to get those two those two guys involved, get them comfortable within his offense. I think there's also a trust factor, right? We heard from Mooney um, during the 1920. And it, for me, I just observed it last season. Justin trusts the guys that he's worked with. Bayless yep. is somebody who has fumbled the ball when he's had the ball in his hands and has also not been somebody who's been healthy during training camp and different things like that. He was out for some time. So I don't, even scheming it up with Valus, I don't expect to see Valus be a, bi- a a target that Justin Fields looks at and says, "Yeah, I'm gonna give you this football." In in a tough situation, Tyler Scott was out there a little bit more. Uh, I think Tyler Scott is going through that. Uh, I, I think 
that moment that every NFL player talks about when it's not preseason no more, right? Like it's like, oh, y'all playing for real. Wait a minute, hold on now. Like this is this is real football now. Uh Tyler Scott has not been as active off the line as we saw him in preseason in training camp and different things like that. So I do want to see, I, I want to see him be able to adjust back to what defenders are doing to him. And like you said, Getty getting him involved. Cause I think he's somebody that Justin got enough time and got enough work in that Justin would trust. I don't know if Valus is that guy, even though Valus has been here two years now, but, but realistically speaking has been here on the offensive side for, maybe 30 plays, 40 plays on, on the actual field. Yeah, but at the end of the day, right, you, you're a quarterback, right? And, yeah, you don't – you may not necessarily have the trust in those guys, but it's your job to build those guys up, right? It's your yeah. job to be a multiplier. So, at the end of the day, when you when you come across a defense, right, that can – and a defensive coordinator that can take away DJ Moore, now who do you go to? You know what I'm saying? So you have to be a multiplier and build those guys up because you're going to have to count on them guys, uh, you know, throughout the season. They're, they're going to be called upon to make a play. You're going to have to count on them. Yeah. And the more weapons you have at your disposal, the better your offense will be. So, Justin, all right, as a franchise quarterback, you got to be a multiplier. Sometimes you got to build guys up. And we've seen, you know, franchise quarterbacks do that, you know, for a long time. Look at Tom Brady, right? He made Julian Edelman. He made Wes Welker. He yeah. made Deion Branch. Those yeah. guys were no names until Tom Brady started distributing, distributing those guys the ball. And here's the thing, too. When you see those guys, when they left, that New England team, right? They weren't the same guy. No, Deion no. Branch left, got paid, had to come back and become Deion Branch again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when, you, when you have a quarterback who's a multiplier, right? He can make, he makes everybody around him better. And that's what Justin has to do. Has Bayless Jones struggled? Yes. Has Tyler Scott been involved in this offense? No, not a lot. He's a rookie, right? Yeah. You got to do your best to bring those guys along. Just like you're looking at personal development, where well, you want to help develop this offense as a whole. If you want to be able to continue to take the the next steps offensively, yeah, hey, I'm 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 right there with you. Are we are we saying Bill Belichick is Thanos? Is that what we saying here? Where Bill's just, Bill's just like I left you, and look where that brought you, right mm-hmm. back to me. <laughs> Bro, hey, best Brady, Brady, Brady's come back, come back. Hey, hey, he might he definitely is putting in a call to time right now. Like Tom, what you got going on? The next fourteen weeks of the season, bro. Talk about struggle, man. Hey, it's a, hey. That defense don't look good either. I, I, I'm looking at you, Bill. I'm looking at you. It's uh, it, it, Tommy Waddle and uh, Sylvie had an interesting conversation on if Bill Belichick is on the hot seat, which I think would be crazy mm-hmm. to say, but ends up getting fired. Would you want him here in Chicago? And Tommy was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I do right now. Like, I know what he is. I know who he right. is. But it feels like he's on the other side of it. Like, I don't know if I want him right now. For me, I'm like, listen, if him and Josh McDaniels get fired at the same time. Yeah, it's like, hey, Bill's like, look, man, I'm tired, man. I'm tired, man. I got my rings. I'm tired. (laughs) Hey, these rings weighing me down. I don't don't want to coach this young Thundercat at quarterback who don't want to listen to me. The times just change. You got guys dancing in the locker room after the game. Like, I ain't used to that. Hey, I'm not hey, used to that. It's a whole different world with Bill right now, bro. He's trying to figure it out. I love He's it, though. I love it. Hey, uh, here's, here, let's jump into halftime real quick. Uh, and I, I just want to get your thoughts on this because I saw this, especially after the game with Philly last night. We're just – Philly is just Philly, dog. They they are just a, an elite football team at all times. Um 
the talk on the tush push being outlawed is out there now because Philadelphia, basically because Philly's so good at it. Like that is a hundred percent the reason why, because I've not seen anybody run it as well. Now we did see the bears do it a couple of times versus the commanders. It worked out as somebody who would have been in on that play, which kind of is basically a rugby scrum. Do you like the tush push? Should it stay in the game or should the rules committee outlaw it? Because that's what's being talked about. And Jack Del Rio, a little bit salty after seeing it two weeks in a row. Well, Jack Del Rio is a defensive guy. I played linebacker. I'm a fullback, played offense. So, of course, I'm going to agree with it. Of course, Jack Del Rio is not because he's a defensive guy. That's virtually unstoppable. It's hard to stop. So, yeah, of course, he's going to disagree with it. I agree with it. Um, I like it. You know, I think it's creative. You know, it's a copycat league, so now you see everybody doing it. Yeah. I think I haven't seen the Vikings do it uh, yesterday. I was watching that game. I think they even did it. Uh, so, no, nah, I don't think it should be outlawed. I mean, if anything, let's bring the kickoff kickoff return back. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Let's let's look at other rules. Like, yeah. we don't even get no returns. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that, that drives me crazy when I'm out there watching a the game. We can't even get an evaluation on returners because they're not getting returns. It's like a playoff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it's- I, it's so weird now because I saw uh, last night's game, the San Francisco game. I want to say, um, oh boy, uh, I forget who's back there for Dallas, but he ended up returning one. And I was like, I feel like I haven't seen a kick return all season. Like that, mm-hmm. I feel like that's really the first one that I saw this yeah. year. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not. I like the tush push. I'm just waiting for the defensive coordinator to figures out what you got to do to stop it. Like. That's that's all I'm looking for. Like Jack Del Rio, he been getting cooked for some years now. I'm sorry, Jack. Like it is defensive guy, linebacker, former linebacker. Of course, he doesn't like it. It's it's he been getting cooked on some of them schemes for a little minute now. And I ain't gonna lie, if you can't stop it with your front four, there is no hope on it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you got to figure it out. Like remember back in the day, right? Everything's a fad, right? Everything's a fad in the league, and it's a copycat league. So. A lot of teams were running Wildcat. You know, everybody, oh, let's run Wildcat. The Dolphins originated. Let's run the Wildcat offense. They figured out a way to stop that. Yeah. So defensively, I mean, it, they'll evolve. They'll find a way to stop it. You know, they'll evolve. And and that's just how the league is. It's a copycat league. Things go in trends. You know, th- you know defensive coordinators, they get smart. They're going to study on how to stop that in the offseason. They'll start stopping it. An offense will come about, come with a new scheme or a new play to where, yeah. you know, defense is going to have to evolve and try to stop that. I thought about even right when you started seeing quarterbacks run the RPO a ton, right? Like that every at first it was like, oh my God, this mug is out on the edge. Mike Vick out on the edge. Like, what am I gonna yeah. do with that? And then eventually yeah. you figure out how to slow it down, man. So I'm I'm all for the tush push sticking around, man. Jack Del Rio, uh, sorry, Chicago Bears podcast is in favor of the tush push. We should ask Lance. Lance probably hates it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Lance will surprise you though. Lance is a defensive guy. Yeah, but Lance will be like, I like it. You know what I mean? Like, and Lance may say the same thing I said. You got to stop it. You know what I mean? Like, Lance is not just gonna, you know, Lance is a guy that's just not gonna say, oh, because I'm a defensive guy, I'm a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. Let's you know, Lance can be like, well, you got to stop it. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's what he would say, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I'm trying to think about y'all defense going up against that. That would be, I, I'll bet you, you guys would be the one to stop it because as Jalen's going forward, you would just see Peanut on top. Just punching the fool out of him, trying to get the ball out, and then all of a sudden he'd be like, "I don't want to run this no more" because he missed nine out of ten times and hit me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd definitely be a rugby scrum with with Tank Johnson in the interior and Tommy Harris. I can see those guys bear crawling and 
you got Adewale Ogonlie and Alex yeah. Brown on the edge, and you know you got B. Lack and Briggy in the A gaps, and bring <laughs> a little Hunter Hillemeyer coming off the edge as well. Mike Brown coming down for yeah. his You know, you're not what we, saw, what we saw last night, you wouldn't see against because they literally like that offensive line is elite. First off, they're literally just pushing the defensive line yards. I was like, this is yeah, I mean, it's funny because that center, he like snaps. I mean, look at it. The offensive line, it's like they run wedge blocking. So, everybody's yeah. wedge blocking, so they're just bear crawling. Yeah. So it's like it's like a snow plow. It's like you're pushing <laughs> you got the backs behind. You got the backs behind the formation and quarterback. Pushing them, you know, I would yeah. love to be involved in that play, man. Hey, listen, I want to see what it looked like when Jason Kelsey ain't in there. I think that is a, a major part of it, right? Jason Kelsey, the nose of that plow. We yeah, know what he's on, right? He's a monster. Yeah, about, yeah you talk about fundamentals and details. We just, I just talked about that, right? Well, the fundamentals of that play and the details. Hey, wedge blocking is the details. The fundamentals is we're bear crawling. Yeah, I love you know it. I mean, one I yard, it. all out aggression for one yard. And, and, and that's the problem. I think everybody's like, all right, it's supposed to just be one yard. And then they get four. And now you mad because you're like, wait a minute. Hold on. They they ran it yesterday on a third and three or on a third and four. And I was like, yeah, they, they just know they can do it against you. Like, they're going to destroy y'all with this. Crazy, hey, let's get into the second half of the show, man. Uh, the third quarter is here. As you can see, I'm laughing. I'm always laughing, though. But J-Max smiling. We are excited as Bears fans after the win. But, J-Max, are Bears fans too excited after one win? Realistically, we are still a 1-4 football team. There yeah. is a massive mountain to climb before we get back to the point where we feel like, okay, Maybe there's more to this season than we thought we were heading towards after watching the first three weeks. Where are you at with that? Are Bears fans too excited after just one win? Nah, you I mean, a win is a win. You got to celebrate the wins. Um, are we too excited? No, I don't think we're too excited. I think everybody's excited at the progress, right? So you look at the first week, you lose Green Bay, everybody's pissed off. You lose again, second week, Tampa Bay, everybody's, uh, you know, you're pissed off. Yeah. Lose to Kansas City, <laughs> everybody's pissed off because there was no because there was no in those games, right? You didn't see development. You didn't see yes. the things, that, you know, in training camp that you wanted to see, <laughs> offensively, defensively. You know what I mean? Like you we saw no twelve personnel for three weeks. Right, That's all they ran. Right? Like you didn't see you didn't see a team that would fight. You didn't see a team that was battling back from adversity. Yeah. You almost saw a team to where it seemed like they just gave up and like they didn't belong on the field with those teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in 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 Kansas City, are are they are they that much ahead of us right now? I would say yes. But when you look at Green Bay, you look at Tampa Bay, you're like, damn, like we we should be able to compete with these teams. And we yeah. and we didn't really see that. You know what I mean? You saw big lapses in time. You know, we talked about defensively not being able to get to the quarterback. Offensively, the passing game wasn't there, the running game wasn't there. We were lost offensively. So the thing that the encouragement that you saw was right. You look at Denver, you see an offense that really came out and gelled and executed at a high level the first half, right? A young offense at that because second half, you didn't you didn't have that killer instinct. You didn't go for the juggler and really put the game away. So you talk about development, you talk about progress. Well, then last week we saw an offense that, you know, did the same thing. So it's good to see it's good to see a consistency, right? Coming out on fire, dominating the half offensively. And then you see an offense that was able to put a team away, able to learn from the mistakes the previous week, and able to put a team uh, put a team away and come and, and come away with the win. 
you see a team defensively, right? We talked about generating pressure, right? We saw we saw Coach Flues, you know, dial up secondary pressure, bring safeties in the Denver game, but we didn't get home. We saw a team that dominated a line of scrimmage last week and got home, you know, in terms of getting sacks and generating pass uh, and generating a pass rush last week against the Redskins. So that's what you, that's where the excitement should come about. When you have guys, when you have a team that's showing you development, that's showing that they can learn from the mistakes and apply it in a game uh, in a game atmosphere, like that's the excitement and development that you want to see. A team continuing to build and take the next step, and continuing and continuing to be able to overcome things that you weren't having success with at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it, it's to me the excitement isn't that the Chicago Bears are all of a sudden going to be a playoff team. The excitement is, like you said, seeing consistency in the right direction, seeing consistency offensively. I think even seeing consistency from Coach Flusen, hey, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, we got to blitz this quarterback or we're not going to be able to generate pressure. And actually seeing Flus make more times the decision than not, I send somebody else. Let's get back there. Let's let's force him to make a mistake. We have to force him to feel the pressure uh, coming around him. That ends up turning into five sacks uh, last week. You know, like it, it. The excitement from Bears fans to me is, I think Bears fans wouldn't be super upset if the Bears still had a season that maybe underwhelmed from a win perspective. If we came out of this season going. Yeah, we lost, but it's because you know we we had a lot of missing pieces on defense, or you know yeah. we didn't have we didn't have everything that we needed. But I know we can build a defense, and I know that I got a franchise quarterback. I the last thing I'm ever worried about with the Bears is building a defense. That entire Bears logo down there is built off of running backs mm-hmm. and defense. We will mm-hmm. be able to find a three technique for this D. I guarantee it. But. 100%. seeing growth offensively consistently. And I, I said this over on the, on the breeze, right on our daily show at a certain point, you just want to get to a point where you feel good enough about your quarterback to say, we could commit to. Him. Yeah. We haven't had that since Jay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's still a lot of, it's uh, still a lot of evaluation Oh yeah, needed to to assess that. You know what I mean? Like Justin's had a great two weeks. I mean, and it's good to see he's been able to flip the switch and turn it around. You know, and and I want to see him continue to build upon, it, especially this week. I mean, you're going against up against a team that's kind of in the same boat you are. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a home division game, which carries a lot more weight because you got to win those home division games. You know what I'm saying? And this is going to be a great opportunity to see. You know what he can do in a division game. Can he put together three good weeks? You know, can can his offense look good and move the ball? You know, three weeks in a row. We don't want to yeah. see. We want to see. We don't want to see any regression. We want to see progression. Yeah, and that's what we need to see. Continue to build upon what you've done. Now, and can you run- overcome the adversity? Right, no, yeah. running back. You losing your whole running back yeah. room is crazy. But at the end of the day, though, those. See, when you when you develop a roster, when you build a 53-man roster and even the practice squad guys, 16 guys on the practice squad, you're saying everybody on this roster, everybody in this locker room is going to be called upon to contribute at some point in this season. That's that's why there's so limited amount of roster spots. That's why 
the evaluation is so intense during training camp because we got to find the right mix of guys mm-hmm. that can come in in an instant and help this team, right? And it goes back to what we're talking about with Deontay Foreman, right? Rashawn Johnson, Travis Homer. It can't just be a guy that's just, just a running back because on game day, we got to have versatility. I got to have a guy that can play running back and special teams. Yeah. And I got to have a guy who I can move inside on the defensive line and move outside to Marcus Walker. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, we need that versatility. So when you're, when you're building a team like this, all those guys are going to be counted upon because at the end of the day, injuries is a part of the game. And nobody yeah. cares. You can't go, oh, we lost because we didn't have Khalil Herbert. No, well, somebody's got to step up. And that's why it, it's so hard to, to build a roster, a successful roster where you can say, you know what, I feel good about our roster overall. And you got to look past the starters because, hey, those starter, those backups are going to be are essentially starters. Look at Greg Stroman Jr. He comes in, yeah. right? Eddie Jackson's been out. He comes in, gets a big interception, comes up with a big sack. Like he's a guy who they kept around because they know he has the ability to make plays. Is he a starter? No, but essentially is because we know his number is going to be called upon. And it was when his number was called upon on Thursday, he answered the damn call. And yeah. that's what you need on this entire roster. That's what you're trying to develop. No, I, I I love the fact that there are guys that we can call on that I think have stepped up and done a decent enough job, right? Like, listen, I mean, Elijah Hicks, right? For every Stroman, as an Elijah Hicks who is just like, I, where are you going? Where you, like, there's a couple plays looking at the all twenty two. I was like, where are you going, bro? Like, who are you, you trying to tackle learn. here? Yeah, it, it's it's you got to learn, man. You got to go through those growing pains as well. The good thing is like experiences is the biggest teacher. He's getting those experience. But for every Elijah Hicks, you know, who's going through those growing pains, you look at Terrell Smith, who's coming in. Oh, yeah. So some guys will be able to pick it up faster. Yeah. Some guys will have to get uh, baptized <laughs> by bad plays <laughs> in, order to, in, order, in order to pick it up. But at the end of the day, he's getting valuable reps. He's getting experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when, when he makes a mistake, he can learn from that mistake and he won't make – and hopefully he won't make that mistake again. But if you keep making the same mistake over and over again, well, then you won't be on the team. Uh, that's, that's, that's called that's called uh, the unemployment line. That's that's. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Hey, yeah. It, it it is interesting to see kind of all the roster moves that the Chicago Bears have made. Let's finish it off here because I think that this week, this is a this is a statement week, and it's tough to say anything's a statement when you have a one in four team, right? But this is a statement week for the offense to me. Um, and this is a statement week on where the mindset of your team is. Are they buying too much into the hype or are they still focused? Because yeah. this is an opportunity for you to prove everything we saw in week one wrong. And it seems like things may be lining up for you. We've got Kyler Gordon and Doug Kramer both designated to return from IR now. Now they won't be ready, I don't believe, for this Vikings game, but they should be back pretty soon here. Uh and I mean, listen, now with the news that we got on Justin Jefferson from O'Connell yesterday that it's very early on establishing a timeline, this is a game where if you're feeling good, you're buying into the hype, you go into this game and say, they ain't got Justin Jefferson, we got to kill him. Not so fast, not so fast. You know what I mean? Not so fast. You hope, you know, you hope Jalen Johnson is back. But I mean, they they got some in in the passing game, and that's what they want to do, right? Kirk Cousins. He, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league in terms of yards, touchdowns. He wants to throw that ball all over the yard, right? So you got K.J. Osborne. You got Jordan Addison, who they drafted. 
Uh, you've got TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. They still got a lot of viable options in the passing game. Yes, Justin Jefferson is the headliner, right? But like we talked about with our offense, right, they got Justin Jefferson, who's the focal point. Then they got pieces around him that can oh, make yeah. plays. Right? And that's what we're trying to do, right? We got DJ Moore, but we need we need more consistency with the pieces around him. The Vikings have those pieces around Justin Jefferson, right? So I'm not going to – I mean, I don't – hopefully Justin doesn't play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hopefully the hamstring keeps him out this week. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, like with, with, with the injuries we've had in the secondary, yeah. You know, it's still going to be a challenge. You know, I, I don't know if Jalen Johnson's going to come back. Terrell Smith will be in there. Tyreek will be in there. So you still, you know, you may have two rookies. Eddie Jackson, we don't know. You know, so it, it's still going to be a challenge. Yeah. And if and it goes back to, right, and we talk about having a banged up secondary, well, the pressure's all on the defensive line, right? We had five sacks on Thursday, last week, <laughs> Thursday. Can we, can we replicate that? Yeah. You know, can we get pressure? Because I think that's, when you have a young secondary, a banged up secondary, in the scheme that we run, it's all predicated upon pass rush. So yeah. can pass rush get there? And, you know, I had an opportunity. I interviewed Yannick Ngakwe after the game, and he said this is a start. You know, he said, he said now we're going to start rolling. And it's good to see that, you know, the defensive line, when they had success, when you get that first taste of getting a sack, you yeah. want more. And I hope Yannick can, can lead the charge. You know what I mean? We need to see that this week if we want to have have a chance of stopping this Minnesota offense. And I, I really want to see the Bears offense continue to put the defense in a good position, right? Like, speak to this, I guess, right? When you guys would have that day offensively where you're dominating the team on the other side, how much different was the defense? Because they knew, okay, we up two touchdowns. We can pin our ears back and try to kill this guy on the other side. Yeah, it's complimentary football, right? When When – when the offense is bad, and trust me, there were times when we were bad. <laughs> I was trying I to avoid call. that part. I was trying to avoid that part. Yeah. <laughs> and, I can call and, I can. and the funny thing is, like, as an offensive player, you feel bad. I'm like, damn, we suck right now. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, you hear, you hear the defensive guys come off the field, right? Like, we're on the field. We get stopped three and out. You hear the defensive guys, damn, we can't even get a, we can't even get a cup of Gatorade. And you're like, damn, we ain't doing nothing right now. You know what I'm saying? So, my bad. So, <laughs> Yeah, you're complimentary football, right? Yeah. Complimentary football, right? The defense gets a takeaway, puts the offense in position to to have a short drive. You put points on the board, and vice versa. Offense has a long, sustained drive. Keep the defense on the field. Give them time to get that cup of Gatorade and rest before they go back out there. Yeah. You know, special teams. When when you know, we obviously we had a really we had you know since I was in Chicago, we had one of the top special teams yeah, units Devin. in the league. league, not just because that. You know, Devin was the headliner. In terms of the return, but there's a lot oh, of guys yeah. on the teams unit. Brendan Iambadejo, Cameron oh, yeah. Warrior, a lot of guys that contributed to the success of Devin getting those big returns. Uh, so when you have, you know, all three phases playing complementary football, it makes it easier. It makes it easier for the next phase. So uh, that's what you want. Yeah, I, I really want to see. That's a lot of times I feel like especially under Matt Nagy's offense um, but b- before, you know, Flus and them came in, they would have a couple of weeks of like, okay, we're moving the ball downfield. And then they would get cute. They would get Kai. Okay. Now we're doing double end around reverses. Tariq Cohen does a backflip before the play starts. And it's like, what the heck are we, what happened? Like, why did we come out with this? I want to see, can Luke Getzey sustain this, keep his guys level-headed, go out there and just get the job done. And he, 
to me, even if this, like this is the week, I think, especially with the running back room as limited as it is, but we may see Justin run the most. We talked about Justin Fields as a passer and establishing himself. Justin Fields, I believe, only has 191 rushing yards on the season. He hasn't really run the football any of these weeks. This might be the week where you might be able to establish that a little bit more because there are guys missing. Just play it simple. That's really what I want to see this team do. Yeah, and I and I'm not like I said before. I Justin's comfortable running the ball. That's a, that's an element of your offense that you that you will continue to have just because it, because of his ability to be effective in the running game. Yeah. But at the same time, you know they they believed in Deontay Foreman. That's why he signed here. Yeah. So you know it's an opportunity for Deontay to go out there and get his first regular season action. It's another opportunity for him to step up yeah. when needed, just like he did last year. So I don't think they're going to scale anything back in the run game. I think they're going to, you know, a lot of the same things we saw in the run game with Khalil and Rashawn. I think we're going to see that this week. Like I said, hopefully Rashawn's back uh, uh, this week as well. But yeah. you know, it, it's it's a huge opportunity for those guys, not named Khalil Herbert, to get an opportunity to show what they can do in this running game. Is it? Is it? I know seven days usually you won't get a guy cleared, but because it's ten days. Do you think that there's probably a better chance that we see Rashawn back on the field? Yeah, and, and after, like I said, after the game, you know, he walked out the locker room. I talked to him. Um, he seemed fine. Yeah, uh, but that's really up to the trainers and the doctors to make that determination. Um, I don't know if it's a, if it is as serious as we may have thought it was. Maybe they yeah. held him out for precaution. I'm not a doctor. Um, have I been through concussion before? Yeah. So it all depends depends upon how that individual responds to it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, you know, he he, I, you know, I don't know. He he may be back, um, you know, this week. I'm not sure. Hopefully, he's back. You know, I, my gut feeling says he'll be back, but I'm not in that. I'm not in that training room. Yeah. You know, I'm not there assessing the player. No, 100. percent It's it's all. There's varying degrees of uh, of concussion. Of course, they got the uh, independent arbiter on the sideline who's like yeah. whether you can or can't go. So, I mean, yeah. it, it, how many times have we seen that though? Where you get your bell rung. They hold you out, and then it's just kind of like, I'm fine. Like, I've been fine since Tuesday. They just want to make sure that I'm safe. Yep, so 100%. hopefully uh, we get uh, Roshan back. Listen, there's very few times in, in a career where you get to say, hey, we lost all of our running backs. Let's go to this guy that ran for over 1,000 yards last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean? So and the, the Bears are still in a good position with the running back room. I think that they're going to be uh, – this is a keystone week for them versus the Vikings. It would – Yes, the Vikings defense has a ton of issues, but it dispels a lot of the, well, they only did it versus this team. They only did it versus this team. Three weeks in a row, you figure something out. You don't do something three weeks in a row in the NFL, and it's just a fluke. So, uh, as always, another episode. Let us know how you guys feel in the comments below. Appreciate you guys for showing love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We'll be back tomorrow with Courtney Cronin on the show reacting to what we saw in Washington and uh, previewing uh, what's coming up in uh, Minnesota. So stay tuned with us over there as well. As always, it's your boy, Pat the Designer. Back at it again for J-Mac. Y'all stay safe out of the Chicago. Bear down. Peace. Bear down.